Hello, it's Denise Vivaldo from Women Beyond a Certain Age. And I'm Diane Worthington, also from Women Beyond a Certain Age. Well, we're so, I'm so happy, and I was going to say we, because I know Cindy is too, Diane is back. Diane went to Africa on really a bucket list vacation, and I know it's been, it's been such an experience for her, a transformation for her, and that's what we're talking about today, because there are so many life lessons in completing a bucket list vacation. So, Diane, I'm so glad you're back, and I know Miss Cindy is too. I know. I missed you guys. I know. We couldn't get to you in our podcast. <laughs> I know. I know. It was a little far away. A little far away. I think it was when I was in Zimbabwe at Victoria Falls, and I put in, what is the furthest place from Sherman Oaks in the world? And it came up with Zimbabwe, oh, but I knew I was God. really far away. Really far so, away. So, hello, ladies, and hello yeah. to everyone that's listening. Wow. I don't even know, well, I know where to begin, but it's just a lot. It's just a lot. So the first thing is, um, Denise, what's a bucket list? Yes. You know, the movie with Jack Nicholson and Morgan Fre- uh, Freeman, were, it was just, um, that was when that term, I think, really got going, where you got to go to try to do everything before it's you, your end. And... You know, theirs was crazy. I mean, they did everything you can imagine in the most faraway lands and the most crazy stuff. But I think for each of us, a bucket list ought to be the things that are important to us individually. And certainly... Before in, you die. <laughs> yeah, before... Yeah, exactly. And what what are the things you want to do, you want to accomplish? And, you know, not everybody wants to go to Africa or Turkey, or India as this they've got to do before they die. That's right. just, you know, there's lots of people that do, certainly. For me, um, because I have been a traveler, uh, you know, I write about travel all the time, and I've always traveled. Africa was something that I really wanted to experience it. But before we get into my uh, bucket list trip, and I really have lots to ch- chat with you about today, I wanted to tell you, I did a little research yesterday when I got home, And um, I looked up this piece from Travel and Leisure, which is about bucket lists. And it turns out that AARP did a a study and that they found that millennials were the most likely to have a bucket list. Wow. 74%, which I found crazy, but... Uh, no, I but I guess in a way, you know, yeah. you start early. You know? They're looking ahead. Yeah, they're looking ahead. I think they're they're looking ahead instead of just maybe we have just put our heads down and gone work. to work as right. baby boomers, different world. Yeah. But I think they're looking ahead. That's a good point. And Generation Xers were 58%, while boomers were 46%. Okay. And... 83% of the boomers that had, you know, answered on the survey had at least one travel-related to-do on it. Got it. The study took a deeper dive with boomers on where exactly they wanted to go. So almost half of all bucket list trips are focused on the destination overall. And this was really interesting to me. In, in this study, one domestic destination stood out. And that was Hawaii. Mm. 
18% of boomers listed that island chain as their top domestic destination, while Alaska had 12%, California 8%, Arizona and Nevada 8 and 7%, and New York only 7%. Um, the Hawaiian beat, the beat of Hawaii, I think that must be a magazine, credited the island state's popularity to the round um, year-round warm oh, weather absolutely. and the people. Now, I have to admit, if that, in fact, would be a bucket list thing on your bucket list, I have bucket listed probably 40 <laughs> to 50 times. My brother lives there. Growing up, we went from the time I was 11 every year. And when our daughter was born, we went once or twice a year. I have been to Hawaii, every island, many, 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 many times. And I understand that thinking because... It, the climate, the people, the whole feeling is very, it's just, it's very special. And I think, Diane, this is just, I have friends that are not big travelers, but they go to Hawaii and it's because everyone speaks English there and it's part of the United States. Right. But it's still an exotic destination. It is. You, you get off the plane, you smell the That's air, right. you smell the flowers. Because I have yeah. friends that don't want to travel. Well, that's They're, a whole other but, issue. And yeah. it's part of the bucket list. Like they, they've even asked me about it. But so then it is somewhere like Hawaii because they don't want to, they're not, they're afraid to go out of the country. Yeah. Well, there's lots of reasons for that these days, as we <laughs> well know. Um, and it's understandable. I don't know. I'm one of these intrepid tra travelers where, you know, we were in Turkey for three weeks when every, I had more emails saying, are you insane? You're going to Turkey? I know. We had, that was one of the best trips I ever took. I, I mean, know. it was just extraordinary. The Turkish people are the most amazing people I've ever met. Cindy and I also squeezed in a week in Turkey. We'd come off a cruise ship where we'd yeah. been working during the two like bombings, the airport and something mm -hmm. else. And my husband, who never says a word to me about stuff like this, yeah. said to me, girls, do you think this is really a good idea? Yeah, and I, you know what? The same thing happened to us, Diane. Cindy and I got there, not a bit of fear in it, and had the most wonderful week. And people were so nice. To oh my God! The people, people stopped us and said, "Girls, do you need our help? I'm an official guide." And they showed us their credentials and stuff. Yeah, and we were like, "Oh my God!" They're really, so, really kind, lovely, yes. lovely people. Everybody yes. I met there. Yes. Um, but my point is that. Going back to the concept of bucket list, bucket list is really individual. Maybe your bucket list is that you always wanted to learn how to play bridge. Yes. You know, which is not me, but maybe, you know, or you want to take a flower arranging course. Yes. Because you never had the time. You'd pick up a bouquet, bouquet because, or you'd send flowers because you never had the time to think about it, but it was something that you cared about. It's a million different things that's just about you. And when it, when it does come to bucket lists and travel, I think there's a lot to say about it. And it's really how you even begin to think about it. And I think one of the most important things, Denise, is that you sit down and you write down whatever these fantasies, these wishes, these dreams are, and you kind of prioritize them based on lots of things, where you are in your work life, where you are in your financial life, et cetera, et cetera. For me, Africa has been the big bucket list thing that I wanted to do in my life. I wanted to experience what people have told me about the animals. Yeah. And as it turned out, the people I met were ex just beyond lovely. And 
it was very rough in a lot of ways. Oh, it's a hard trip. Even when it's luxurious, it's hard. But why it was rough for specifically was when we went to Johannesburg. So quickly, we I want to just, and I'll, I'm going to share some experiences with you, but I want to just go through, if you're thinking about this as we're chatting away, the first thing to do is to write down all of the things that you've been thinking about that you might want to do and then prioritize them. And honestly, if you're taking a big trip, whether it's Turkey, Vietnam, India, where, you know, a faraway big trip, I say you have to begin a year ahead. Good there are so many things. And I remember reading that about Africa, and I thought, that is so ridiculous. You just <laughs> sign up for the tour and you show up. Meanwhile, that's not accurate because there are many, many different issues that come up. Shots medications, things that you hadn't even considered, doctor, you know, a travel doctor, um, insurances. I mean, there's just so many things that you have to begin to consider. And the other thing to consider is, are you going to do this on your own or are you going to go with a group or you're going to get a travel agent? How are you going to go about it? And the first thing to do when you're thinking about that is to go online and start surfing around to see what appeals to you. And for me, who I always has done every single thing on my own, my hotel, my, you know, uh, arranging for the car to pick us up, every single thing, I said, I'm not doing that on this trip. Right. And it turns out that um, many universities have an alumni travel department, and we, my husband and I both, we met at UC Berkeley, and so Cal Berkeley has a giant alumni travel, one of which was this trip to South Africa. How so wonderful. I thought, well, I'm going to add my own personal safari before we begin with the Cal Berkeley group. So that's what I did. And so I only had to do a few airplanes and stuff like that. Meanwhile, FYI, we took 10 airplane rides in I two know. and a half weeks. <laughs> I, I mean, come on, that was insane, but it was worth it. But anyway, so I think it's really important for everyone to think about how they want to approach this. As I said, travel agent, group, on your own, whatever. Um, things like this. Is your travel, is your passport uh, six months from being um, expired? Because if it is, you can't go anywhere. <laughs> so you need to check things like that. My global access, I fixed right before I um, left. <clears throat> And fortunately, when we came back to Los Angeles, we put our little passports in global access, and uh, our luggage was the first to come out. We, after 30 hours of travel, we were done in about 25 minutes to get home. I mean, to get our luggage and to do, go through that. So there's many, many, many things that you'll see, lists, and once you figure out what appeals to you. But give yourself lots of time. That's what I would say. And Diane, when you say that, now I just have to ask you. Yes. Were you prepared for the 30 hours? Well, I was complaining for most of the trip, <laughs> getting ready for the 30 hours. This is a, So that's what I would say. I was prepared, human. but I wanted to shoot myself. I know. don't think anyone ever, I, I just make you, I stop it's, you there for one reason. Yeah. We all do this. You think, oh, okay, well, I've been to Europe. It's only 12, or I've been here. It's only right. 10. Exactly. I can do it. Right. Then when you're actually in... Because you are in Zimbabwe, yes. furthest away from your home, anywhere on the planet. Right. And you start to do that 30 hours, and about halfway through, you're thinking to yourself, oh, my God. Exact, that's exactly what happened. 
Oh my God is right. I mean, I have, I have things to share about that, which was at the very end of our trip. And so our tour leader was this lovely English woman. And she said to me, now, when you get to the Zimbabwe airport, I know you have three flights, but you'll be checking your luggage to Los Angeles. And I said to her, that is truly impossible. Zimbabwe <laughs> Airport does not have Alitalia Airlines, which were, was how we were getting back from uh, Joburg to uh, Rome and then Rome to L.A. She said, no, no, it doesn't matter. I said, no, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so we finally get to the front of the line, and I say, can we do this? And he said, of course. And I still didn't believe it the whole 30 hours, by the way. And our luggage was the first to oh, come out now. how fabulous. I mean, but when we got – so – we went. We flew from Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe back to Joburg. It turned out we had to wait six hours for our flight um, to go to Rome, which was 13 hours. And then we had an hour and a half or two-hour layer, which was nothing. And then another 11 hours to Los Angeles. That was that was tough, I'm telling That's you. That's just a hop, skip, and a jump, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> But let's get back to the good part. Yes. The good part. First of but, all, but I'm yeah, just, go ahead. I'm proud of you because before you left, you and I, because I've been to Africa, I kept saying to you, and I didn't, but when you, and you stayed in beautiful places, you'll yeah. tell people, but remember how I kept saying to you, it's different. It's different, Diane. Yeah. It's different. And it, I didn't mean that. I, I mean, I went back a second time. I, I, I did, did it all again. I would do it all again tomorrow if I could afford to. And I had some free time. Yeah. You but need a lot of free time to it's get a, home. It's a, it's. <laughs> It's a long trip, and I am proud of you. The longest, because it's 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 worth it. But man, it's it tests your metal, is what I. Think I think of. it really does. I mean, yes. I wrote about it on Facebook when Good. I said, "Boy, this is all about stamina." Yes, but anyway, right. so we planned the trip, and as it turned out, it was my birthday right before we were leaving. So our trip started in Joe, um, New York. It was a direct, nonstop flight to South Africa to Johannesburg. So I said, let's go for the weekend to New York. And we had the most incredible time. If you haven't seen uh, Tootsie, which you probably hasn't because it just kind of came out on Broadway, it is such an upper. It was so fabulous. Oh, fun. And then we went to my fair, favorite restaurant, fancy restaurant in New York, which is called the Gotham Bar and Grill. It's down in the village. Yes. It is so good. I am telling you. I've had a lot of ribeye steaks in my life, but I don't know what they do there. It was, the waiter said it to me, he said, you've got to order the ribeye, you won't believe it. And I said, give me a break, this isn't even a steakhouse. It was superb. How nice. So anyway, the next morning, oh, here's another FYI tip for all you potential travelers. <laughs> Go to JFK to get on the flight. Our flight, it was Easter Sunday, was half full. <gasps> FYI, travel if you don't need to go to church on Easter, <laughs> because I never saw it was unbelievable. So that's lovely. And then I took Miss Denise's uh, advice. Um, I we we arrived in Johannesburg at eight in the morning. We walked across the street to our hotel, which was a very nice hotel, the Intercontinental at the airport. And I went right up to the eighth floor and said, "I need a massage now." And I ended up getting a two-hour massage. And Good. I swear to God, it might have been 80 or $90 for a two-hour massage. I May I tell you what that might have cost in the U.S. of A? Oh, absolutely. It would probably have been about $380. Absolutely. Anyway, um, and then the next morning, we flew off to our first uh, place, which was a safari um, uh, lodge called the Royal Malwane. 
it was it was a lifetime moment it was i don't even know how to begin to describe it when you walk in it's all sort of outdoors and and the furniture it's all very african and then you're looking outside because it's just you can just see it all the way through when you're walking in and there's this giant pond with a hippopotamus in it with its <sighs> mouth open hello that was welcome to south africa time and then there were elephants walking around the property and it was like, oh, my God, this really is real. Yes. I've read about this my whole life. Yes. Anyway, we spent uh, three days. Okay, so just picture this, guys. You have flown to South Africa. You're exhausted. The next morning from your at the lodge, you are awakened at 5.30 a.m. to be in the lobby at 6 a.m. with your ranger to get on the Range Rover land cruiser and go look for animals so we did that for three days right when we got to south africa that was tough because we were tired but it was so exciting the first day we saw a leopard that was eating its prey that had just a hyena a an elephant a giraffe a rhino and i'd already seen mr hippo so it was like, wait, we just we saw everything already. Oh, and then the next day was the lions. So you'd go in the morning, and then they'd stop in the middle of your runaround, and you would have coffee and biscuits. And then in the afternoon, they'd serve you gin and tonics, which I don't drink, so I didn't really want them. But just imagine, you're it, the, it's about to be dark, and the stars are coming out, and you're sitting there having like a cocktail, and all these... This elephant walked up to me. I mean, it was like... <laughs> I said to Michael, my husband, have uh, you heard the one about an <laughs> elephant walked into a bar? <laughs> yeah, that was exactly what this was, an outdoor bar. And I said to the ranger, you know, this is a little close. He said, oh, it's fine. The yeah. elephant's fine. And what I learned on this trip is that the elephant, the all the animals are so used to these land cruisers, they're they're just like yes. they're part of the they're part of the furniture, you know. Now, I have so to, they don't feel anxious, you know, they, they, they don't respond to that. Just so people understand, if yeah. they've never been on a safari, yeah. you go out early in the morning because the animals are up and feeding, and you go out at nighttime because they're up at feeding. Yeah. And during the day, most of the animals sleep. Oh, my God. Our ranger said that lions are the most boring animals yes. ever. They sleep 20 <laughs> hours a day. And then they're walking around at night, which I have a picture of. Uh, looking for their prey because they're hungry. The only time, and Diane is correct, because you're in game reserves. Yes. Now the animals live free, but and they're hopefully protected. And that's you hear about it in the news. But the animals have become used to cars. Right. I the only time, Diane, when I was in Africa, I'm at a one of in Amboseli, this beautiful park, and they had a big barbecue for everyone that was staying at the park. And my friend and I went down to it, and we were having barbecue, you know, skewers, yeah. uh, antelope on skewers, yeah. all this delicious meat. Well, I'm sitting not too far down on the table, and there's this little tiny chicken wire fence, and I mean chicken wire. Oh God! And behind it, all of a sudden. Was is a lioness <gasps> who was pacing back and forth, and I'm eating the shish kebab, oh my. and I keep <laughs> eating the shish, and I keep saying to the maitre d, 
Is she hungry? <laughs> should we should we give her a shish kebab? And they kept saying, oh, no, she comes like every night. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, oh Lord. So Michael and I had another glass of wine. And then I said, you know, I think I'll have, let's go back to the bar. We're going to have yeah, a coffee. Really? It's scary. But you can't, because they are wild. Yes. And, but, you know, and you're in their front yard. And that you have to be respectful yes. of that without a doubt. The things that scared, the rhinos scared me. I don't know why. They're so big. They're gigantic. And they've got that big horn. Yeah. I don't know. They feel, they feel scary to me. And then you hear about these horrible human beings that kill them so I they know. can take their horn. Horns. I mean, it just makes you sick. And yet I think really the most dangerous animal is the hippopotamus. Yes. That's what they say. Yes. Man, I saw so many hippos on this trip because uh, we certainly saw Mr. Hippo in his in the pond when I would have breakfast, lunch, and dinner at the Royal Malwane, um, which uh, is a, the reason that's a bucket list trip is because it is exceedingly expensive. So we saved and saved and saved so Good we could go you. there because well, it was really one of those moments that you just want to have for the rest of your life. If you're going to the furthest spot in the world. Exactly. I did the same thing, Diane. The first time I went, I stayed in one or two of the most beautiful resorts in Africa. And it cost a fortune, but I said, I'm not doing all this to to stay at the Motel 6. Exactly. And then, though, the second trip when I went back, and I was working for a week. Yeah. I stayed at Kruger National Park, which if people... That's where this was, by the way, outside of Kruger. But you were at the high end of the Kruger National Park. The highest of the high end, yeah. And I stayed in a place... I in Kruger National Park that was a little tiny cabin, but I have to, and I was alone, but I have to tell you, it was not one bit luxurious, but I had so much fun. And then I even forgave the monkey that kept stealing my half and half out oh, of my I know, outside refrigerator. Mon- yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But so, but it's really, it, it to be where you were is, you know, but if you're going to go there, you just want to s- save or, you know, but you plan for a year, so it's worth it. And I amortized it over my whole life. So that's exactly. it, it was only a penny, <laughs> a penny a day. Now, see? That's what I said to my husband. What a smart Let's amortize pants. this. What but a you know what? Pants. I tell you, it was so worth it. And I ended up meeting the owner of this um, property. They have something in South Africa called the Portfolio Properties. She oh, yes. just, she's this extraordinary designer with just really vibrant colors and her architecture and the furnishings and the uh, landscaping. She opened something a, a mile away called the Farmstead. And it's more of this same thing, but it's a little newer and fresher. And it's more of a farm feeling than more of a safari feeling. Yeah. But there are so many places for you to look at if, that, if that's of interest. And I picked <clears throat> South Africa because... I just felt like it was safer, and that may be completely inaccurate, but that was how I felt, and I went with how I felt. No, I think people need to be aware. I think it's like, you know, this is something about every vacation. Some people are terrified now to go to Mexico. They're terrified. Yeah, right, exactly. Because you hear about uh, the drug problems, the drug cartels. Well, some of that's real, so you kind of have to pick and choose and be safe. I think that everywhere in the world there's danger and you have to decide what makes what yeah. what you can enjoy. If you're not gonna enjoy it, you can't go to it. Right. But I felt the same way, Diane, and since having now that I've been there twice, I've been in Johannesburg and Cape Cape Town yes. and Kenya and Tanzania Tanzania. Tanzania, I always mispronounce it. Yeah. And it's I never had a moment that I didn't feel safe. 
Do you know what I mean? So I was yeah. very grateful. Yeah. No, I mean. But right. that's what you, uh, people's comfort levels. You know, I have friends that are hate New York, but they hate it because they don't know. They, right. They're afraid of a big city. Right, right. Just the noise right. alone bothers them, you know. But I think so. it's an important point when you're thinking about your bucket list. What makes you feel not only you're dying to experience it, but that you're going to feel good about it and not That's right. anxious. That's right. Because Absolutely. travel has a lot of anxiety with it. It certainly I mean, does. it just does when your plane doesn't show up. You know, it's an endless array of possibilities. In fact... The day before we were leaving, I get a Delta uh, notice uh, n- notice <laughs> saying, there's inclement weather in New York. Uh, you can either keep your flight, which might not go, or you can change your flight. So we had to end up taking a um, night flight, which I despise because I can't sleep on a red eye. Oh. Um, but there's always stuff like that. Yeah. And I thought, oh, my God, this is the before we even begin. This is going to be bad. But it didn't turn out to be that way. Now, see, if you would drink those gin and tonics on the red eye, you'd sleep like a baby. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have, have so to... many things to teach you, Tony. I know. I don't, get gin. I don't get gin. Oh, my God. Everybody on this trip was obsessed Honey, with South African gin. The history of South Africa is built on gin. Oh, I know. I don't like juniper taste. Okay. That's well, my issue. More for me. More yeah. for you. But let me tell you about a couple of great, Please. I mean, I may as well share these with you because it's so much fun to just share it, you know. And, and I'm glad because I haven't heard these yet. Yeah, you haven't. So that's it. why I like to hear So anyway, we went to Joburg and that, that was a tough one for me because we spent the whole two days at Nelson Mandela's house mm. at Nel- where he was arrested. There's this foundation. We spent the whole day there and we learned a great deal about the history of just the injustices. It's very disturbing. Uh, we went to the Apartheid Museum. It was an endless array of tough stuff. Sure. Of the worst of South Africa. So, um, and what was really interesting is they didn't even show us downtown Joburg because I think it's a, it's just, you know, the people that live outside of the downtown, uh, it's very segre- you know, segregated and suburban and then it's downtown. And That's then right. the shanty towns are, uh, we went to Soweto and it was like, you know, Trevor Noah talks about it in his book. And uh, there's shanty towns and there, I'm sure you saw them. It's uh, beyond the beyond. But, you know, tourist dollars like all, all, all help it. Do you yes. know what I'm saying? And it, that's exactly how you everyone. feel. There's, I mean, there's a point I'm not saying, I'm not Yes. Uh, it, tourist dollars that's how help you have to think everyone about in Africa, and that's that is true. That is true. So know. that's a really important thing. Also, um, the apartheid museum uh, was it was not arranged very well, unfortunately. But you know, it really gives you a sense of of what happened. Yes. Anyway, we flew off the next morning to Cape Town, and. I, f- I kind of fell in love with Cape Town. There's a lot to learn about it and a lot of things, a lot of different parts of it. Um, you know, we great shopping. And Denise, food and I wine. should tell you, great I shopping. Know. Food and wine. Great food and wine. And in fact, one of the portfolio uh, properties from the Royal Malwane, it's called the Silo, is right on the water at the warehouse. Oh, and uh, it's incredible. There's a hotel that's very costly and then there's a restaurant that is fantastic that's like panoramic anyway we went into the, ta- the did you go to the um cape of good hope denise i think i did and boulder beach which is where all the penguins were yes yeah yes. so we did all of that and then we oh, went up I on thought- the gondola to table mountain which i had always oh. heard about which overlooks all of uh, think- uh, cape town it right. was incredible 
Uh, and then we spent one day in the wineries. Yes. Oh, my God. That was fantastic. We had a great meal, and I really loved their uh, rosé uh, sparkling wine. And that's, They have a really interesting wine, wine thing going on And that's on fairly new, isn't it, Diana? Yeah, like I think it might be the third. Well, actually. 20 years? I mean, I, I, I don't. I mean, I think for export or that the yes, people Yes, exactly. It's been it. there since, like, the 1700s. Yeah. But, uh, yes, and they've got some very good quality wines now. So that was fun and lighter. The thing was, we just didn't have much time to rest because there's so much to do. I know. Then we did, this was right up there with the 30-hour trip. We had to fly from Cape Town back to Johannesburg to get to Botswana mm-hmm. and then go through three countries to get to our boat on the Chobe River. Got it. So if I could describe the Namibia Immigration Office, it was a hut. (laughs) And the guy who was stamping, you got to picture this, the guy that you had to get off this little boat that you were riding in and walk in the sand with your shoes up to a hut with a guy in his bedroom slippers (laughs) who had like a giant... Uh, what do you call that when you're sta- a stamping thing? And he'd stamp your that you were in Namibia. Then you from Botswana, and then you had to go back to Bot. Anyway, we ended up in. I guess we ended up from Namibia. To, yeah, I guess we were in Namibia and, and the Chobe River. And so we were on a boat called the Zambezi Queen, that is considered amazing. And it was very nice. There were only twelve rooms on it. Oh, nice. And you just go up and down the Chobe River, and they have safaris with their little boats that are on the big boat that just take you all day long whenever you want to go wherever. So that was pretty unbelievable. And, of course, I was sitting very happily drinking an iced tea, watching the animals from the boat while everybody was on the safari. But that's another story. I so needed my rest. did you feel that the gentleman in the hut with his slippers on that had, <laughs> had your passport and life in, in your my hand? hand? It was or a little we, worrisome. Okay. This is... An, I love it, and here's why I feel the same way. And this is another thing to travel for all of us, and when people are, in, you know, worried about things. Yeah. When I was flying out of one of the game reserves with Michael, right? he and I decided we'd get a bite to eat first. And little t- this was a hut with some food out front. Mom was in the back eating it. The food was divine. Yeah. Michael immediately said to me, oh, my God, we'll probably get poisoned. I said, you know, if we've lived this, we'd been there a couple of weeks. We'll be fine. But the busboy who took our little plates, then he said, your plane's coming soon. We said, oh, we didn't, we did not know where the airport was from the cafe because our guide said he'd be back. Willie would be back. But the busboy says to us, all of a sudden, your plane's coming soon. And we, he takes our dishes and then he walks away with a broom. I said, where are you going? He said, oh, I have to get to the airport. (laughs) Oh and God. then I looked across the field, or looked across the street yeah. from my, the cafe, and there was a big piece of land, and this man who was our busboy and now is apparently the engineer at the oh airport with God. his broom, had the broom because he sweeps the runway and gets rid of the elephants. Oh, my God. And Michael, that is a great And Michael story. turned to me and I thought, well, if the food doesn't kill us, the <laughs> airport's going to. And we did just fine. But literally out of nowhere, yeah, that out is, of the sky, that is bizarre. a little plane came down. We got on it. 
I remember thinking, I guess there is no security. <laughs> I guess they, <laughs> they know it. They probably just said there's two white people down there. Pick them up. <laughs> there's an old fat lady and there's a young gay guy. And they put us <laughs> on the plane and we flew away. But I'll never wow. forget. Where are you going? Oh, I'm going to the airport. And I thought, there's n- I don't see any. That is one. hilarious. So please. I think the trust. There and you have to tell the story. That's right. But there has to be that kind of, I think that's what the thrills seeking of travel is, but not everyone's going to like that. No. But for you to have, you know, to go up to a hut with some guy. In his oh my god, it was hysterical! And get your passport stamped. Then you have to trust in the universe to a it certain took, extent. It took like 10, 11 hours to go through all of this. Between, my God, because we had to fly to Botswana after we flew in from Joburg. I mean, it was amazing. But what happened was, rather than being on a on a um, Land cruiser in the la- on the land. We had a river safari for wow. three days. I love so that. So the thing is, then you take little boats. I mean, we were just hanging out with the hippopotamuses and the elephants, and you get to sit there and watch them. And that's what what the safari to me exactly is all right. about. It's like watching what happens. It's just well fascinating. The animal had, world. We've only seen these animals. In, in zoos. zoos. Horrible. So when all of a sudden you actually see them in their own habitat and you see them as a family unit, you know, like elephants, you realize it is a family unit when you see, or Oh giraffes. my God, you know what happened? It's When you said wonderful. this to me? Yes. We were, le- we were, it was right towards the end and we were driving down a street. I mean, because this is Africa, we're driving down a street and the elephants were on both sides, and the yes. smaller elephants started freaking out and coming right towards us because she had been separated from her mom. That's right. O-M-G. It was, it was scary. I'm drinking coffee in the Range Rover. It's 5.30 a.m. You know, we're barely awake, and we Willie pulled the Range Rover, the Jeep, whatever it was, over, and all of a sudden, we couldn't see anything, but we heard the, the thundering roar, as they said. Yeah. And all of the elephants came out to where we were, and the male was just screeching as us as if to say, how dare you come this early? We weren't ready for you yet. Yeah. And they all just came out. There were 30 elephants, you know, oh. 10 feet away from us. Right. And one of them was mad because it was too early for him. We knocked oh. on the door too early. <laughs> I think we were annoying like Jehovah Witnesses. <laughs> and I look back, but no doubt. And you can never see, you don't know. Yeah, that's the whole thing. You've got to get ready for the, there's a lot of, you know, surprises. And it's magical. And hopefully, you know, you're in a safe environment. Yes. Well, the last thing I wanted to share with you about, uh, a couple things. We went to Victoria Falls, which Beautiful. you heard about. Which is, you know, just one long fall. If you've been to Iguazu Falls in Argentina, it's a very different experience because they're all over the place in Brazil and in Argentina. Uh, all together, but they're very different. This was one long, 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 long fall in different uh, little compartments, and it was it was beautiful, beautiful. But when we stayed our last night at the Royal Malwane, they said we're going to do a dinner in the bush for you tonight, mm. and I'm thinking, hmm, wonder what that's going to be. And every night they did stuff. They did a whole barbecue to show me what the barbecue uh, dishes were in Africa, uh, South Africa, which they, you know, some of which were similar to ours, but a little different. But this last night, so we go, they say, we'll meet you 
uh, in this spot. So the ranger, our ranger, Rudy, knew all about it. And we arrive, and it's like in a pavilion in the middle of the bush. Yes. There were torches everywhere. I thought I was going to a wedding. And it turned out they had looked on my passport to see that I had been had my birthday a few days. So oh. they did this giant birthday party with all the people from the Royal Malwani, two chefs. I don't know how many people were there doing different things. And it was just the three of us, the ranger, myself, and my husband for dinner. It was one of the most memorable things I'll, I'll never How forget. How darling. And the pastry chef from the hotel who had come from very little and now was this major pastry chef had made me the most delicious chocolate cake I ever tasted. It was so touching. A I birthday can't even tell to you. remember for the rest of for your my life. For my rest of my life. And the one dish that I keep thinking about, and I had many, was they did a granola. Now, just picture this. You're in South Africa. To me, granola is like Berkeley in the 60s. Oh, yeah. There I am in the fanciest South African safari eating granola. I am going to be putting up the recipe for oh, that. Oh, good. Because it's the most... It's just delicious, and you can use it for breakfast, for desserts. Anyway, I, it was it was a bucket list trip. That's all I can say to you, Denise. But I'm glad I'm back. I'm still recovering. And we're glad you're back. Yes. Because I know we have more to hear about this later. We're going to do a part two. Part two, for, yeah. Part two. As always, you can email us at womenbeyond at iCloud.com. We would love to hear stories if, about when you've traveled to a bucket list vacation or if you have any questions exactly. for, for Diane about, because planning, see, this is the thing that's amazing. I know her. So she really, she and Michael had been planning this for a year. It shows a lot of research and making smart choices to get the vacation you want, in my opinion. It does. Um, it's necessary. Does. Yeah. And you have to check out our show notes on links to things we've discussed in this episode on our I'm going to put Beyond. up some great photos of the on zebras yes. and the hippos and, and stuff. That's our Facebook page right now. And Miss Cindy has been a busy bee working on our website. I'm excited. It's very excited. We got to see some of it today. So pretty soon the website will have every podcast with information and links to it. So if you we've mentioned books or people that we admire or we've had guests that have a book, yes. it'll all be in one spot. Great. Well, Diane, I'm so glad you're back and I'm so glad your bucket list vacation was everything to you because you worked so hard for it. Thanks, Denise. I'm glad to be back. I, I will know tell you, you that. And I can't wait to be doing more of these. More to come. More to come. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.